0: This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Education Matters, your source for insightful conversations about the issues impacting our students, educators, and public school communities in Ohio. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association. We represent about 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and and higher ed faculty members who have a powerful voice to affect change because of their willingness to stand together. That's just what happened in Columbus City Schools in early January with the Columbus Education Association members at Valley Forge Elementary School. The heat had been broken in a wing of that building for months. And although the district realized it was unsafe for kids and called for remote learning for those students, They ordered the teachers to report to their freezing classrooms to work all day. CEA members in that affected wing made the unanimous decision to exercise their legal right to declare a health and safety work stoppage. And that action brought about some quick results. Their story has gotten a ton of attention, with hundreds of thousands of people reading about it on Facebook and reacting to it. On Twitter, NEA President Becky Pringle who leads three million educators. Even tweeted, it was, quote, just one shining example of the power of a union and the importance of keeping each other safe right now. She said, all the solidarity and support to Columbus EA members, end quote. Now, we wanted to get the inside story on this one, so we talked to Michelle Hersey, one of the teachers who works in that wing of Valley Forge Elementary. She's also an alternate building rep for CEA. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. What happened?
1: So um, on October 26, our heat started to not work right in our wing of the building. And I was talking to another one of the staff members that works in the room next to mine. And she said, yeah, our room's cold too. So I had said something to our custodian at lunchtime as we we're walking down the hall. And he called it in that day. Um, And here we are, beginning of January, and still trying to get heat restored to our end of the building.
0: Beginning of January in Columbus, where it is absolutely freezing. Yes. So Uh, we,
1: I was gonna say, sorry, we lucked out that we had unusually warm temperatures in December, so it wasn't as bad. But yeah, it's like now that it's January, it's crucial that we have it restored.
0: So what happened next? Obviously, I'm, I'm sure you've been reminding the district that, hey, our heat's out, right?
1: Yeah, so they did
0: have someone come out
1: later that week and from the district to look at it. Um, he came out a couple times, wasn't able to fix a problem. On November 17th, we were told that the heating unit had three bad boards for our wing and was leaking refrigerant. It was going to be a 64-hour work job to complete and that they were going to do it over the week of November 22nd while we were out of the building for break. Um, Sunday night, November 28th, I kind of contacted to see what was the status of our heat for returning to school and it was still not fixed. Um, That is when we got the union involved and we did get space heaters at least for us to return to school at the end of November.
0: So you had been in your classroom with children. And, and granted it was, you know, warmer than usual, right. but not warm. Right. There were still days it would be like in the
1: fifties in our classroom. So we'd be teaching with coats on, which is not optimal for our students or for us. And that's the big reason why we've been pushing this is because we knew it was just going to get colder as time went on.
0: Let's talk about the impact on the students. I, I can't focus when I'm in a puffy coat, could they? Right.
1: <laughs> right? So I know that's the thing. It's like, that's been my big push this whole time. It's, it's like, I hate that it has come to this, but I mean, we're just trying to get the optimal learning environment for our students. And you can't do that while you're cold. It's like, there were days that I'm like, have to, I'm half time to put my gloves on to start teaching. It's like, that's not what we should be doing. And I mean, like I said, it's just not fair for our students.
0: And this year, especially when we're, we're trying to, Crawl back from the disrupted learning opportunities of the last year. This is not the time to mess around with learning conditions,
1: right? It's just one more thing.
0: <laughs> so, but that one thing did drag on. So, yeah. fast forward, you're going out for winter break. What mm-hmm. were you told at that point? Um, so, at the beginning of December,
1: the company that put in the new units in, um, I think it was four years ago, um, came out. They're based out of Kentucky. And they came up and they were there for the whole week trying to figure out the problem, fix it and everything. Um, and then we kind of didn't hear or see anything after that week. So I wasn't really quite sure what was going on. Um, and, I, and that's the thing, I understand that we're in the middle of a pandemic, parts may be hard to come by, but that's when you need to have a plan B or a plan C in place. Um, if you were at home in the cold, you wouldn't be sitting there for two months doing nothing. So I think that's our biggest frustration is like here you had all of December and still nothing's being done. Um, So again, we found out Sunday night after winter break, what's the status of the heat? We found out that we do not have heat restored. And at this point now, the weather is getting extremely cold here in Ohio. And um, at 8 p.m. we get a call that we are going to be switching to virtual learning for the next day, students would not be in the building. Um, Staff,
0: however, had to report to the building. So So Valley Forge was one of 10 buildings in the district, to my understanding, that had switched to remote for that first day back, correct? Yeah, so the other schools had to switch remote because of staffing issues with COVID.
1: We had to switch remote due to a heating issue. And in the past, if you had a heating issue in your building, that would have been a calamity day. School would have been canceled completely. Right. So to have less than basically 12 hours to figure out, okay, we're now going back to school virtually. Um, Not all the students had Chromebooks home because we're just coming off of winter break. We have to get Zoom links out to parents. It's like just all these things that you have to do. And then on top of it, our wing still did not have heat. So we're expected to go into the building still. So it's not safe for the students to go in, but it's okay for the staff to come in.
0: Do you recall off the top of your head what the temperature was going to be that day? Um, I'm trying to think. I know the high I think was maybe 30, 32 maybe that day, if I remember right. And it's not like the heat was on all winter break. So, you know, it had residual heat in there. There hadn't been heat in there since October. So it was going to be 30 in your classroom. Right. So what happened? Um, So that's when the
1: union got involved again and um, they were there that morning and kind of went around, checked our rooms, talked with us. And that's when they asked us if we would um, feel comfortable doing the health and safety work stoppage if the district does not do anything to fix this problem. So the few of us that were being affected without heat um, decided unanimously that we would move forward so that way we can get this problem fixed for our students. So what did that look like? Um, So basically at 10 in the morning, we told families that we would continue um, back online at noon and we hurried up and gathered our stuff and went home to teach. So the union did or the district did decide to allow us to go home and work from home.
0: Which is what you were asking for. I mean, obviously, you were asking for the heat to be fixed, but you right. were also asking not to be put in those conditions because it right. wasn't safe. Right. How did the district respond after that? Um, the So we end up being virtual
1: until Thursday. Um, students and staff did come back on Thursday. Uh, they did have the Later that day, they had someone out there at the building looking at the problem again. Um, We did have the next day they brought in propane tanks and these propane heaters to um, get heat to some of those rooms that they um, were not having heat. And then some of us got additional space heaters because they haven't gotten all the propane tank heaters hooked up yet.
0: So just to be clear, we still haven't fixed the actual heating issue, right?
1: No, the heat is still not fixed, but they are at least now trying to come up with additional plan. Um, so that way we're not freezing in our rooms.
0: Does it surprise you that it took a, a collective action, the yes. the yeah, work stoppage
1: I, to make them do something? Right. I know. And then, like I said, I hate that it comes to this, but it shouldn't be something that takes two months to get handled. Um, and that was my thing, like, because I think it was so warm, people weren't necessarily complaining. So nothing got done. And then when it would get cold again, people would start complaining. And I've been pushing the whole time. I'm like, no, we need to be fixing this while it's warm. So that way this isn't an issue when it's cold. Um, so yeah, it's just sad how it was just sporadically here and there that they would come try to fix it. And only when we would speak up.
0: It's a big step to, to put your foot down and say, no, I'm not working in these conditions. And Mm -hmm. I can imagine quite a few educators would be nervous about exercising that collective power. Was it a tough call for you? Not really. I mean, I hate the fact, like I said before,
1: that it came to this, but I also want what's best for my students and what's fair for them. And if this is what it takes, I'm willing to do that.
0: What's your message to other educators across the state who may find themselves hopefully not in this position, but, you know, you hear sometimes that something is not safe and the district is asking them to continue to work in those conditions. What would you tell them?
1: I would just say, is this something that you would want your own child to be subjected to? And if the answer is no, then it's not okay for your students and it's not okay for you.
0: Would you have had that power without the union? no. One person standing alone saying, help me, help me, doesn't have the same ring to it as the union behind you, especially Columbus. That's a strong union right there.
1: Yeah. And I was just going to say, we have an amazing union backing us up. Um, Jeremy and Phil were there and very supportive and have been great. And I mean, like I said, like the two times that they've stepped in to help has been the Sunday night after a break. So it's like, I mean, here they are working outside their normal call of duty as well,
0: so. When, obviously down the road, they're going to have to fix this heat, correct? Yes, hopefully sooner than later. Hopefully sooner than later, but they have the plan B in place. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to walk out again if they don't get moving on the permanent fix?
1: If it comes down to that and it's not safe in the classrooms for our students, then
0: yes. That takes a very strong educator to care about their students like that. Do you think that's what most educators would say? I would hope so. Yeah, I th- I hope so too. I mean, we know, we know educators just dedicate themselves to their students and you work with them day in, day out. You can see if it's not safe. We have mm-hmm. to trust our educators. Yep. So after this happened, after you said, no, we're not working here today, um, the local put something up on, social media, and that has gotten a ton of attention. Uh, what have you seen? I'm just really shocked. Um,
1: I haven't been on social media that much, but I had a bunch of friends that were like sending me messages throughout the day. Like, have you seen this? I'm like, no, I've been busy teaching online, but, um, and it's just, it's kind of mind blowing how much it's spread throughout the nation. It's like, I didn't think something little like this would get that much of attention, but apparently it has.
0: (laughs) I think it's because it resonates with people. I, my favorite one, uh, Becky Pringle, the NEA president gave you the kudos on that one.
1: Yeah. That's what someone told me the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of insane.
0: (laughs) Why do you think this one has spread like it has?
1: I think it's because so many educators can relate Um, sadly, I think a lot of us have been working in conditions that aren't ideal. And then you just add in everything over the last couple of years with the pandemic. And I think people were just like, yeah, we, we need to start standing up. We need to do what's best for our students.
0: Now, it strikes me that because of the pandemic, there is federal funding going to the Columbus district for, among other things, upgrading the HVAC systems. Uh, how confident are you that the district is spending it where it needs to go? Um,
1: I would hope that they would be doing what's best for the students and the staff. I can't really talk one way or another if they are spending it that way. Um, and I think sadly at our building, um, we were told everything was good because our unit is one of the newer ones in the district. We just got air conditioning put into our building four years ago. And that's when we had the new units put in. So you would think after four
0: years that we would be having an issue with our heat. Right. Well, and that's, I can hear other educators listening to this being like, Hey, they have air conditioning. I've been asking right. for air conditioning for centuries. Exactly. I won't complain about that. <laughs> but heat is absolutely vital here in Ohio. You can't have students or staff in a building without it. Right. Right. What's next for you guys? Um, hopefully
1: we'll be back in the classroom on Monday with warm classrooms and smiling children faces because they need to be there. And hopefully within the next week or so, maybe we have parts and they're there working and
0: getting our heat restored. And probably with a fire under their tushies, knowing that you're not going to stand for it. Right. Real quick, to your knowledge, is this something that has happened anywhere else?
1: I am not aware of anywhere else in the district, but I would be surprised.
0: Okay. I mean, I I know it's something that I, before I came to OEA, I was a reporter and they sent us into really unsafe conditions all the time. And all the time we threatened, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But at the end of the day, we showed up and we did the unsafe thing because we were afraid. Right. It's it's good for everybody not just educators to see when you do stand up for yourself action happens Mm -hmm. michelle thank you so much for walking us through your process this was a big deal and i'm i'm so happy that it worked out well thank you i am too
1: like i said i it's sad that it came down to this but at the same time it shouldn't have taken two months so that's why we're here
0: Now, we recorded that conversation with Michelle on January 9th. On January 12th, we got word of another work stoppage in Columbus over the same issue. Parsons Elementary teachers held strong when there was no heat in their building and got the district to declare Calamity Day until the heat is completely fixed. That is CEA strong, all right. If you have a story you'd like to hear about on Education Matters, send me an email at educationmatters at ohea.org. You can also connect with us anytime on social media. We're at Ohio EA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. New podcast episodes come out every Thursday morning, so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, stay well.